0: Hey, happy Wednesday, everyone, and welcome back to the I five Corridor Stratford Report. Tyson Alger here, joined by Shane Hoffman. This is going to be a quick one today because we're a little busy. We kind frantic of been over fr- here. frantic all over the place. I was down in Corvallis yesterday, Eugene the day before. You were at Providence Park yesterday, mm-hmm. and then we're both going out to Beaverton to watch Timbers practice. Who would have thought? Who, look, who, at who, us. Who, look at us. Who would have thought? Who would have thought? Um, how are you doing, man? It's been it's been a while since we've done this in person. We've done a yeah, couple a couple, a couple Zoomers. I don't know how the audio was on that. The last yeah. audio sucked because yeah. I forgot the... Not but, as good as it could have been. But we're back. We're better. And, um... I feel yeah. all over the place. I yeah. feel like
1: my my coverage reflects my personal feeling right now. A <laughs> just, bit, just A little, a little bit, <laughs> bit discarded all across yeah. the state.
0: I kind of like that, though. Just so you don't get too wrapped up oh, in, in one specific thing. Uh, you, you, had a, you had
1: a fun one yesterday. Two days yeah, ago yeah,
0: at this dude, point. Dude, I... Actually, you know what? This this podcast is going to be just kind of talking about the stories that we're writing this yeah, week because yeah. there's some fun backstories behind it, and also it's the football off season, and I know signing day is tomorrow, but like you guys are pretty well versed on Plus, what's you coming know, with
1: everything day. we would have talked about anyways. A separateure detective we'll be writing about this week. Yeah,
0: so let's actually begin with you here first because you just published a new story on the I five corridor, which I think might be my favorite thing that you've ever written. Really? Yeah. I mean, I mean, just just from sheer so you you have this new story up. It's about The D-Boys, Oregon's prolific secondary in the 2000s and how John Neal kind of assembled that. Mm -hmm. And if I remember this correctly, you just kind of vaguely had some interest (laughs) in like writing about these guys and you asked me if I had John Neal's number. So So here's
1: how it started. So you were starting to talk about doing your Hello Michigan piece and every like few months that clip from when Oregon played Michigan surfaces where Dennis Dixon does the fake Statue of Liberty. It's a beautiful play. And I was like, okay, this is a good time to go back and watch that game because I've heard all about it. Obviously, I wasn't watching football when that happened. I was, you know, too young. Um, and I go back and I start watching, like, some highlights from that game. And there's a clip where um, the defensive coordinator comes on the screen and he starts talking about the defenders. I'm like, oh, my God, I like, TJ Ward, Chung, Thurmond, Bird. I was like, oh, they're all on that team. And I knew this. But I was like, oh, like, this is the time to do that type of story. Because originally I had wanted to do one on the gang green defense, right. which I think is still out there for us. It's just a little bit farther yeah. back so I just hit you up for Neil's number and the- but,
0: but but now let me take this back right, over right. because I, I give you Neil's number and then I believe I was heading down to Eugene like right after that and you texted me couldn't have been more than like 10 minutes after you got that number you're like I'm gonna be on the phone for a while <laughs> because because essentially and you use this as your lead, you know, you, you kind of wanted to dive into that story a little bit, and you just happened to catch Neil, like, in the middle of the January ice storm, where he just so happened to be, like, going through... He was doing the same thing that you were. He was right. going doing a little a walk down memory lane, and, like, that... I thought that worked so perfectly, in the fact that you went from that, and then were able to get, you know, phone contacts for, like, Walter Thurman right. and TJ Ward, these guys that, like, you never covered. No. I, th- I thought it ended up being a pretty fun story, man. Like, it, it turned I out learned well. a
1: lot. I, uh... You know, when you get someone like Neil who just kind of – you send him a text and then he cold calls you and he's just <laughs> yeah. talking for 90 straight minutes about stories. Like I probably got like four questions in in 90 minutes, but I didn't need anything else, right, because he just went and went. Um, it's like – it's it's awesome and it's also like how am I going to put this together? Yeah. So what I ended up doing was a little bit about the backstory, but I wasn't really as familiar with that the fact that – you know, these stories are tough because it's everyone's memory at this point. So it's like how factual can you get? But – I didn't realize that they did play a a fairly big role in the whole win the day thing, which we, I think kind of, we had that in our heads very synonymous with Chip Kelly and that offense. And that makes sense because Chip Kelly did kind of bring a lot of that in, but this defense played a role in that, especially the secondary.
0: I was, I was proud that you tackled that story just because, um, you know, a lot of my work, you know, the stuff that I think connects well is kind of a lot of memory lane stuff and I didn't. I didn't get to Oregon until 2011. Like, I missed a lot of, like, I never covered Chip Kelly. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's it's fun to kind of challenge yourself and, like, to kind of go into that well and to, um, yeah, like you said, like, a lot of people have memories of those people. And so it's kind of, like, a little bit of you not having seen that firsthand. I imagine there was, like, a little, like, am I representing this correctly? Right, or, right. like, you know, like, what might I mess, mess up here? But I also think, like, that's a fun part of this job, though, too. Mm-hmm. Because whatever beat you go on, like, we're so... Um, uh, there's a lot of recency bias and mm-hmm. especially in Oregon right now where it's like best recruiting classes ever and that was what I are chasing of the natty right. and like all this and it's like there's a lot of history with these schools yeah. and even with Oregon I, you know I, I think all of our clocks really kind of start with 2009 with them but mm-hmm. like they were good for a long time before that and kind of that the middle of the 2000s as you wrote about is what kind of like kickstarted that era and I thought you did a really good job.
1: I ended up writing that word for it but that was what I was kind of thinking of, of kind of the hook for this story. is like, we're in this era where, especially with Oregon, everything is the best ever. Best ever recruiting class, best ever transfer class. Some of the best ever, excuse me, teams. Like, don't forget about these, these players and these coaches and these teams that made these possible. Well, and,
0: and what's so fascinating about it, too, is you look at this year's Oregon signing class signing day is today as you listen to this and like a big piece of this second sign in period for the ducks was them getting transfers. It, yeah. was, it was especially um, you know, like Jabbar Muhammad from, right. from Washington, like this, you know, a, a guaranteed guy almost, you know, he's, yeah. he's started on two different power five teams. He was uh, all
1: conference in two different conferences. Yeah,
0: and so like, they know what they're getting. Whereas back with the D boys, one, there was no transfer portal. So okay. like you couldn't, you know, patch things up. And two, like, those guys were like two and three stars. Like that was a different era of what Oregon was recruiting.
1: Absolutely. Yeah. No, I think this is a a timely story for a lot of reasons. And and I think, you would agree that this is the type of stuff you want to do more of in the off seasons.
0: Yeah, uh,
1: 100%. Which, you know, leads us into what I mean I mean I mean, I, I mean
0: actually if you want to just do like incredibly well reported pieces where you talk to like 10 NFL players and I keep writing my like Hello Ohio State, <laughs> like I I am okay with that. Yeah,
1: there's balance. some storytelling in those. I think I think yeah. your Michigan one was great.
0: I'm actually like I know it was kind of like a joke in the footnotes, like I'm looking forward to doing like the Rutgers and like yeah. the Maryland and like the, you know, the just j- yeah. j- just just to see like what we can find in Absolutely, that. yeah. Um, all right, we, we need to kind of keep this moving a little bit. So I'm going to write this as an announcement le- next week, but we'll kind of let you guys in on a little secret about what's happening with the corridor here. Um, we said that we're going to be covering more things. We said that we're going to be expanding. Starting next week... We're going to have a weekly Timbers Thorns feature uh, within Timbers the, Slash is, Thorns. Yeah, timbers Slash Thorns feature. Don't
1: overpromise
0: here. The i five corridor is getting into soccer coverage, and it's not just kind of us like loosely saying it. We we saw an opportunity, and beginning this month, the i five corridor soccer coverage will be powering the Oregonians Timbers and Thorns coverage. Will be. It will
1: be. It will yeah, be powering. It will be. The yeah, coverage. yeah.
0: It will be the coverage stories that appear on the i five corridor once a week are going to be um, posted in the Oregonian with references to where it came from. I think it's a really awesome opportunity for us, not only to kind of expand the corridor, but to just kind of sink our teeth into like a really big beat around the state. And so yesterday I was meeting the the Timbers, the Timbers people, and then I had to go down to uh, Corvallis for a story I was working on. And you came back in and was there for the, the Thorns new ownership press yeah. conference. And you texted me. You're like, I feel a little out of place here. And I think that's why our coverage is going to work though, because I think we come in with like really like fresh eyeballs and, you know, what what was kind of like your takeaway from, from yesterday's event?
1: Well, before I'm glad you said that because I do think there's something to like, we're learning along with the readers. Yeah. I mean, full disclosure, like I'm out of my depth in soccer generally, but I think it's really cool. I mean, I've always been very struck by the atmosphere of Providence Park and how it's just kind of tucked in there and people really ride for soccer in the city. And soccer in general has like it just kind of cultivates a different sort of fandom. I think you'd probably agree from what you've seen. So I am excited to get into it. Yesterday was interesting as my first sort of on the ground coverage of either of the teams. Um, yeah, they announced their new owners, um, and the, the you know the GM spoke, who's great. I hadn't I didn't know much about her. She's fantastic. Um, they had players speak. Uh, the mayor was there. The NWSL commissioner was there. Um, but it got the gears turning on on I think what will be a fun winter spring summer yeah,
0: yeah it, it, it just gives us a little something extra like first of all we're not going to start covering the ducks last we're not going to start covering right. college football last this this just gives us again I have twenty more hours a week <laughs> since <laughs> since that players. other job fell through and um, this is a professional team that is within the city that we cover mm-hmm. they sit. 30,000 people in that stadium
1: two professional teams
0: yeah we, we we really think that um there's an opportunity to tell some really good stories here so
1: and I would say there's been some good coverage around those teams but I think the type of writing that especially you do and I think I've started to do a little bit of is going to be different not just because we're kind of new to it but like just the the type of storytelling is just not going to be what you've seen before
0: yeah so we're we're going out to Timber's practice ability here in about 15 minutes, and then uh, next week, next week you guys can start to expect some pretty consistent soccer coverage, yeah. which which is exciting too. You know, like next year we have a World Cup that's yeah. going to be in North America. Uh, unfortunately, not Portland, but it seems like just about everywhere else. Um, the
1: it is a, it is a sport that you keep hear, like people that know the sport keep saying like. Especially because the U.S. teams seem like they're on the rise. I mean, the, the women's team has been dominant. The men's team seems like it's rising with a lot of young stars. Um, it, it seems like a sport that is like you know how people say like Spanish is the language to start knowing. Yeah. Like soccer seems like the sport to start knowing if that makes sense. Yeah.
0: No. It's 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 definitely growing and it's it's going to keep growing. Um, the the timbers thorns are kind of in an interesting area because you know you could make a case. Let's let's talk about the timber specifically. Yeah. Like, the 2010s might have been like the most, outside of like you know a little bit of the scandal that happened like later in it. But like, you you have a, a franchise that joined MLS to amazing fanfare, won MLS title, like has been selling out the park. Like, I'm really curious as to like how you turn another gear from that because like these mm-hmm. first ten years, it's like it, it didn't feel like soccer's popularity in Portland could get any bigger. Right. But obviously. You know, especially talking to some of the Timbers people yesterday, they still see it as a very open market for them to kind of expand and win new fans over. But it's uh, it's it's fascinating. It'll be a fascinating time to kind of dive into where they're at.
1: And going off that, because, I mean, yeah, you said you met with Timbers people yesterday. I was on the Thorns side of it. Um, you hear things a lot about, well, this is a new chapter. This is a fresh start. But I was very struck by, I mean, in introducing their, their new owners I think the Thorns just do have this opportunity to kind of bolster what's been a really successful time in the city for soccer and take something that's been at the top level even up a notch. They kept saying that, and I think it's easy, you could agree, when you introduce those people to kind of just get swept up in it. But it did feel very genuine. Um, a lot of people talked, like I said, and I don't... Uh, think it's hard to believe that you know these players would feel like a little bit of a weight lifted off especially the thorns players of just like hey we can actually focus on us right uh, now and there's there's some fun stories stuff on that side i was talking to you before we started like sinclair's on her way out sophia smith's kind of like still rising star, yeah. right i mean there's a lot of stuff there
0: it um yeah man i'm i'm looking forward to, i mean like and just from the fact too of like covering a soccer game at Providence Park in the summer like on a nice summer day like mm. that doesn't sound terrible
1: no it's cool in there. F- f- I've,
0: filing yeah. a story walking out into northwest you know maybe get get a drink at a pub or something you've been like over that. to Blue Moon the, the oh, yeah. I love that place it's yeah, like one of my favorite spots
1: yeah, play yeah. pool there get a drink yeah might, so, might file from there who knows <laughs>
0: so yeah we're, we're, we're definitely looking forward to this I'll make a separate tab on the corridor site too to sort our soccer stories into if you're one of those people who are just like <laughs> this isn't for us that's completely fine but
1: I think you'll your writing is has been accessible for most people, though, and I think your soccer writing will mirror that. That I don't think there'll be a barrier of entry for people that don't know what these I, teams. I are like doing. it when
0: you talk like this. Listen, uh, <laughs> all right, we got to get going here soon. Let's just jump into. You watched True Detective a day later, and you yeah. you read the internet discourse or some of it. You saw some of the Twitter discourse, and so you texted me. Bit. You texted me last night, like, "Hey, it seems like some people aren't like." digging this episode. Like, do I still watch it? And I was just like, just watch it. Like, it's worth watching. Yeah. Now, I'm, cu- I'm curious, like, having seen, like, going going in with a little bit of your apprehension right. to then watching last night's, or Sunday's episode. What's your takeaway?
1: It was a little bit of a, like, uh, what happened to the game I love moment. It, that shit was scary, man. Um, it's, like, terrifying. Like, I'm, I was watching it by myself in a, in a dark, uh, in a dark, dark house, and, like, as soon as there's that scene, well, there's a few scenes now and This was the worst one. I mean, there's the one where the sister has the orange roll out front of the bed. And I, like, immediately, I'm like, I kind of started covering my eyes. Like, here we here go. We, yeah. And the other one is the flashback. Um, she's like, you were seeing something in that room, weren't you? And yeah. And then the ghost is just, like, I mean, just super demonic. Like, yeah. it's just horror movie stuff. And I was like, oh, my God. And then I, I see, like, the reflection of, like, a... Like some car lights past the door. Oh my god! Here we go. I'm like seeing things. It, all of it, a it, it
0: was like that, and then, and the, so like it it puts you kind of on your heels because you're expecting weird stuff, and then like there's just some other weird shit that pops up, like her like running off the road because of the polar bear. Yeah. And like her <laughs> sister walks
1: out on the ice. Like is that just how? They, yeah.
0: I uh... I'm not gonna lie, I'm losing steam a little bit. Yeah. I'm, I'm going to finish the whole. Well, so that's the other thing. There's only like two episodes left. Yeah. This has zero rewatchability factor to me because we've now watched what four episode, five yes, episodes, five episodes, four. four episodes, and like I feel like nothing's happened. Like it's just been like I, I know they're kind of building a little right. bit, but it's like it's been like four four weeks of kind of like a slow build, not a whole lot of action, and now you're going to wrap this whole thing up in two episodes. Like in the next two, two, two f-
1: does feel like enough, but I know what you're saying at the same time. It's it, that's where it's tough, man, because. I still think, like, they've done a lot of good things. Like, I'm still intrigued by, like, what happened to these people. Yeah. So we still, like you said, we still don't have clarity. And there is still moments where, like, Danvers is getting drunk and she's starting to piece these things together with the power going out. I'm like, oh, that was intriguing. But, again, like, did they have to have the horror element? Could it have just been toned down to the point where it's like, hey, like, people go a little crazy out here. But now it's 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 a full-blown
0: so, horror show. So, so from what I understand was the... Um... Night Country was yeah. its was its own script that was written yes. for, as, like, its own standalone thing and then they kind of, like... the and true, you adapted the, to true... Yeah, detective. like, the true detective people saw that and were like, this this could work. Um, again, again, like, I'm talking out of my element here because as we've discussed, I didn't watch the first four, three seasons But you seasons also had
1: asked me a few times, like, is this a stark departure from that first season? And at this point, yes. Okay. Like, it was... There was... Uh, there was scary elements to that first season, but it was never like, okay, there's just a ghost on my screen. Like, there's a demon person on my screen. Like, I also don't... It's it's confusing because you don't know what's based in reality. So at the end of the episode, Navarro has, you know, there's blood coming out of her ear and it looks like whatever's happened to these people, yeah. including that Otis guy she found, is happening to her. Like, wh- wh- why? How? Like, I I don't know how they're going to then go back to maybe basing this in reality. I'm a little lost there.
0: It. I will say... And this is why, especially in a, uh, like a one season series type of thing, it's hard to, I I don't want to like make like my staunch like this, like I'm not enjoying this show or it's bad because like you you do want to see like if next episode or like over the next two, they're able to like expertly like string this all together and you're like, oh man, like there's still that potential. But like right now it's like.
1: When when you're when you're traversing these episodes and there is some character development and there's some slow moments, but you know they're gonna have those pops of like, okay, that's pushing the, the plot of this mystery ahead, but the pops are now like, Oh, there's a ghost under her bed and there's a demon in her face, and now she's seeing a Christmas tree in this dredge, like it's like ow. Oh.
0: Really. and that's and, what
1: we get that's the payoff and,
0: and and the the ghosts under the bed thing are like kind of like those pop scares like that's my least favorite form of oh, movies yeah. until my my wife laugh, laughs at me when we're watching because like I'm sitting there Dude, with like yeah my hands are like I'll pretend like I'm reading Twitter <laughs> <laughs> <You> gotta <laughs> do something important yeah exactly no, no babe I'm working <laughs> a perfect example is like
1: you you knew another one was coming at the end when Navarro is following whatever she sees and then she goes to the Christmas tree and she I guess she turns around and there's one in her face yeah I had fully covered the screen at that point was it was just another one of those demon people i didn't oh, want yeah. to go back yeah yeah it was
0: it. it was it was like a yeah like right in her face and right she was, and then it like it cut and then then she's like sitting down and looks
1: yeah the other thing is like her sister dies and she doesn't really seem like i know everyone copes differently but she just kind of was like i'm just gonna go drive fast and then beat the shit out of this guy and then get my ass then get kid. my ass kicked. yeah that that was a I don't know. Well
0: she's a sophisticated character and she's got I, You, you know.
1: know, everyone handles it differently. Yeah, I, so yeah
0: anyways, we don't mean to burst anyone's true detective no, level here, but like no. yeah, that was just uh that was an interesting episode. Well,
1: I think if people like horror they will love it. And I love the psychological stuff. Like that's on the edge, but it, it's it's now it's just bordering on like I right. Do I want to put myself through this? I'm going to start watching
0: in the daylight. Yeah, will actually, do you know what I want to see is we've seen a lot of Alaska movies of like 30 days of night mm-hmm. or, uh, you know, this one is like fifth day of night. I want them to do with an opposite one and do one of these in the summer where it's <laughs> light out all damn day. Well,
1: and... uh, um, what's that movie called with, um, oh my God, I don't want to pa- pause the podcast here. Uh, he can't sleep. He's a detective. Uh, what's the, what's the, oh Jesus. What's the word for when you can't sleep? Insomnia. The movie Insomnia. Oh yeah,
0: isn't um.
1: It's a uh, um, Pacino, isn't
0: it? Is it Pacino no, it's, or it's, De Niro? It's Pacino. it's Pacino. Yeah, yeah, you're right. It's a great movie. Yeah, yeah.
1: I mean it's, it's old at this point, but that's 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 your movie then, right? Yeah. Got the blackout shades and everything.
0: Um. All right. The other thing I watched this week was Masters of Air. Mm. Uh. It's on Apple TV. It's the like objective. it's kind of like the sequel of uh, uh Band of Brothers in The Pacific. Mm-hmm. Watched the first episode was really good.
1: You're
0: in. Eating wise this week. We had a pizza from Double Mountain, of course mm-hmm. we, because of course we did.
1: I swear to try, I, I got ranch pizza though, that was good. Yeah, dude. I like the Detroit style. Dude. I always have
0: Ran- ranch. Ranch is like a treat though, because like yeah, it's, 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 it's it's like it, it, it makes you feel pretty heavy. afterwards. I got
1: a uh, I got half the veggie one.
0: Did you get the one with like the ricotta and the sausage on top? That was the other. Got, half. That one's so good.
1: It's so good. I like that they only have like four options. Yeah, at least the one I went to. Um, but I think I would go if I went again. I would just go veggie because it's already so decadent. You almost don't need, like, the ricotta and all the sausage on top of it. I don't know how you feel about that with pizza, but I think the veggie kind of gave me everything I needed. My
0: my one thing with ranch is it is infinitely better if you, like, have it, like, there or, like, right out of the, you know. Really,
1: because you know. I ate, I had a few slices, funny enough, before I covered a preps game and I was feeling queasy the whole time. Uh, but then I had the rest cold. I didn't even heat it huh, up. I thought it was good. Interesting. Okay. But, I mean, maybe I'm a a cold pizza guy.
0: Maybe you're just a cool person.
1: Cool person. All right,
0: we got to run. Thank you, everyone, for listening. Check out Shane's story on the D-Boys. And also, I guess we alluded to this earlier and didn't get to it. Uh, i got a fun story with Reagan Beers. I tried to give you the the runway for it. Yeah. I um, I made some pottery with uh, the Oregon State women's basketball team. And it's it's going to turn out fun. So, uh, thanks for listening, everybody, and we'll be back next week.